welcome to Hit for Six. It's um, a kind of damp, drizzly, grey Monday in mid-October, Michael, but the 2020 World Cup is starting, which is great, great news. It feels, the moment cricket's happening, I feel warmer, both inside and outside. It feels like summer, even though it's, it's drizzly and grey and autumnal here. Uh, the tournament started. Michael, how are you? How's your weekends? In good spirits? Yeah, weekend's good. Uh, I think when you're watching, you know, 35 degree plus heat, um, that's how you're feeling warmer. Um, you feel, and you're watching the players sweating as they're going back to the mark. I mean, that's when you start to feel the, the heat, you know, via them. But yeah, I'm good. Watched a bit of the cricket this morning and it's not a very, it's a pretty one-sided game with Curtis Camper taking four, four and four balls to absolutely decimate the Netherlands batting lineup. But it's exciting that it started and it's all going to kick off proper um once you know the big teams England that lot start getting going next week be awesome. yeah, it's, good. it's going to be good and to discuss the tournament this our world t20 special uh we have what do you describe him as a breakout star from the 100 he's definitely had a breakout county year um southern brave and Warwickshire's jake lintot uh jake lovely to have you with us um how are you how's your weekend yeah brilliant thanks guys thanks for having me on um Good to be here, chat some cricket, because um, it's very much a pretty depressing time for cricketers. We haven't really got a lot on at the moment. So I think some of the guys are looking, uh, enjoying the rest, but personally, um, just sort of looking around the corner at when the next next match is. So it's nice to have some cricket on the telly. And um, yeah, I watched a um, great game yesterday, the Scotland game. And um, yeah, really excited watching that. So no, I'm looking forward to it. And um, yeah, just keeping myself busy. Still training, um, topping things up, but we're back in pre-season in a month, so it's not too long away. It's funny that you mentioned that, Jake, because you know you said cricketers right now haven't got much to do. We did. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. Kind of started in lockdown, and definitely our purple patch of getting guests was the gap between summer and pre-season. So this is definitely our window, because um, you know once you guys actually had some cricket to play, you didn't really want to talk to me and Rob, which is fair enough when you're actually busy playing the game. So thank you very much for joining us now. Uh, I hope we can provide a good hour of fun. Yeah, and one interesting thing in what you said, Jake, is that you're missing cricket. I find I'm a I'm a keen and very mediocre club cricketer. I get kind of cricketed out by early September. I'm done. I don't even want to think about cricket till about February. Are you one of those that just always always want to play, or is it after a particularly rough patch where it's not going so well? You think, right, I'm done with cricket for two weeks, four weeks. Yeah, how, how do you find that? Yeah, I think it's different for individuals. Um, and it also, my workloads are slightly different in comparison to to other people's in that I haven't played a huge amount of Red Bull cricket. So I think the guys who've been slogging it out in the championship and, um, you know, back-to-back games in September all the way through um, are probably loving every second of this four-week off. Um, personally, like, I've obviously had the T20 Blast and the 100 and then the CPL, but and the only real tiredness I've had from that is just hotel fatigue and being in hotels and being away from, you know, away from your home and, and sort of in, in bubbles and, and that sort of thing. It really is. Um, players aren't exaggerating when they say that it's tough. It, it is tough. Um, I know we're playing cricket for a living, but um, there has to be an understanding there that it is, it is very different. Um, so that was the only real tiredness. And, and now the um, season's finished, obviously pretty phenomenal summer, but the reflections have been really positive. And, but I just, I'm sort of, I haven't played a huge amount of cricket really in my career. So while I, while it's going well, I sort of want to keep going and want to play as much as possible. So that's really where I'm at. And yeah, looking ahead to the winter and hopefully some opportunities come up. Not to make you blush, Jay, but just for our listeners, I just want to summarise how mad 
a year you've had because for me like really it's just like dreamlike um you know you've won the inaugural 100 competition Southern Braves top wicket taker you're involved in the Warwick side that went on won the county championship I know you said you didn't play much of it but you're in and around it um you went and got yourself a Caribbean Premier League deal Carlos Braffroyd says you're the Jamie Vardy of cricket which is you know pretty decent to remember the name Carlos Braffroyd mm-hmm. I mean how's it been because I remember reading an article by Jonathan Liu about you at the beginning of the summer and I sort of thinking wow this is exciting and and then you just went on and smashed it. I think can you talk us through it a little bit? Yeah, I think it's obviously I'm really proud of everything that I've achieved. I'm not sort of hiding away from that. I think um I'd be wrong not to be. So I'm really pleased with how everything's gone. Um the exciting thing for me is I haven't all of this was achieved without playing cricket full time. So I've been doing two jobs until now. Mm-hmm. So that's a really exciting thing for me is I've got two more years with Warwickshire, hopefully more. Um and you know, I'm, I'm literally able to focus fully on my cricket, which is going to be huge for me. So hopefully can keep improving, keep getting better. Um, but yeah, it's just been a real, you know, it's been really fun. I've loved every second of it. I, I, I'm quite lucky I've come into the game late, actually, because I feel like although I haven't played much professional cricket, I've played a lot leading into that, whether that's abroad um, in Australia or I played in Sri Lanka for a bit um, and obviously played lots of minor counties cricket here. So actually going into these competitions and going into cricket at that level, um, I feel like I've got a lot of cricket behind me and know my game. Um, so that's a real positive. But yeah, I'm just excited for the future and hopefully this is just the start really, trying to build on this. And how was the Caribbean Premier League? Other than the hotel for team, which I can imagine was tough. But other than that, it must have been pretty good. Yeah, it's a fantastic opportunity to play um, in a, a different different country, different culture, different style of cricket. Um, so loads of learnings from that perspective. Playing in the heat, like that was mm. probably the toughest thing I found. It's just, um, yeah, the heat was exceptionally hot. It's sort of 35 degrees and 100% humidity. So it was that was tough. And you're obviously rubbing shoulders with, again, like in the 100, you're rubbing shoulders with the best players in the world. So um, hugely privileged to get that opportunity and loved every second of it. And um yeah, it didn't go as planned in terms of the tournament um, as a team. Um, but, you know, I felt 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 comfortable and I enjoyed it and it was good fun. Obviously, it's a bit different because it's COVID and there wasn't um, there wasn't full crowds and stuff and we weren't travelling from island to island. So I'd imagine it's a very different experience, the CPL, when you're sort of island hopping and there's no bubbles. So that's exciting. Hopefully, another opportunity in the future comes up. Yeah, on, on that, Jake, are you, for your personal ambition are you thinking more you want to get yourself established in a Warwickshire four-day team and playing a bit of county cricket or are you thinking more here we come like franchise leagues get me at the PCL as I said the Caribbean Premier League get me to the IPL if things went really well Where, where's your head in terms of where you, or, or have your cake and eat it and do both yeah no I think it's definitely about trying to do both because for me I, I really enjoy my four-day cricket. I've played a lot of it through minor county stuff and I enjoyed the, my debut this summer against Worcester. Um, it's something that I'd love to play in, but the reality is in England, it's very hard for a wrist spinner to play four-day cricket and the likelihood is of me playing four-day cricket is that it would be in a second spin role and um, probably alongside Briggsy um, if conditions suited. But also, like... I'm going to put huge emphasis on my batting. Um, I feel like I haven't really, um, I've got a lot more to offer with the bat. I've always been a batter who batter and someone who can bowl as well. So I'm really looking forward to this winter investing in my batting. And I think 
if I can offer a lot more with the bat at say seven, eight and contribute with runs, then that gives you more of a chance of playing as a second spinner. So um, definitely excited to try and push my case for red ball cricket um, and force some opportunities playing second team at the start of the season. But then, yeah, with the franchise stuff, you know, these opportunities come up at good times for, there's not too many clashes with county cricket. Um, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to do both and, and fully throw myself into it because yeah, obviously playing all around the world is, is amazing. And, but equally um, four day cricket is something that I'm very passionate about and want to, you know, I want to keep, we've obviously we've just won a trophy Warwickshire and I want to keep pushing and going again. You mentioned there, Jake, the difficulties of being a wrist spinner in England. We've just seen an Ashes squad announced with two conventional finger off spinners and, um, you know, Matt Parkinson, he's been maybe done a bit dirty with the Ashes announcement and the World T20 announcement. Like, can you just talk to us a bit more about that from your perspective? Yeah, it's, um, it, the, I think the reality is we as pe- people from outside the game, if you're outside the game, need to understand how hard it is to, to bowl wrist spin in four-day cricket. Um, obviously, Warren has, Warren has sort of set the bar very high and people sort of see that and think, oh yeah, why can't people do that? But the reality is it is very hard. Um, and yeah, I'd say it's safe, isn't it? Playing finger spin and you know what you're going to get. You, you're not you, you're likely to contain um, and do a role for holding role for England. But yeah, I think in a squad, you'd like some balance and perhaps they've missed a trick there with a little bit of mystery. But, you know, I think they, they know what they want and they know how they want to play their cricket and, and we don't necessarily. So um, yeah, quite sitting on the fence a little bit, but I think Parky's obviously done really well in four-day cricket and he can't be far away. The, the likelihood is his, his opportunities are going to come on the subcontinent um, where he's almost definitely going to go um, because he's a big threat, um, beats both edges and, you know, he, he's going to come into his own there. So I'm sure he'll get opportunities. I know he's probably pretty gutted with how it's gone the last month or so, but, you know, he's got a lot of exciting times ahead of him, I'm sure. And do you think in England there's just that little bit less patience for spinners? There's that high expectation, keep it tight while also being dangerous like how important is it that the captain, like which captain you play under, I guess, that like giving you that confidence said to right to bowl a bad ball. I mean, I'm a wrist spinner. I bowl 99% of bad balls. Rob's going to weigh in heavily here. But like, like, Michael is a terrible cricketer. Really, in the grand scheme of things, Mike, you're, you're a wonderful man, but your skills lie elsewhere. Than the well, game me and Jake have something in common. Both bowl a lot of googlies, but um, yours are probably a lot better than mine. But what I was, yeah, basically my question is, do you think in England, like not enough faith and sort of backing is given to wrist spin? I don't... I, I think in four-day cricket, like I've said, it's hard to get wrist spinners into the game unless they're very good batters like a Critchley, for example, or something like that. Um, it's hard to get them in. But I do think there's a massive issue with... I've said this on pretty much most um, pods I've done or interviews I've done. There's a, there's a huge problem with... In England, we make decisions on players at 18 years old. And the reality is, at 18 years old, there are very few leg spinners who are good enough um, because it takes so much longer to develop. Like I never felt good enough until I was 23, probably, realistically, 22, 23. I felt like when I made my debut for Hampshire in, um, I think it was 17 or 18, I'm not quite sure now, that was when I felt ready and I got my opportunity through performances. But before that I was never ready and left, and I just got left. I, I didn't, I had to do everything off my own back, train on my own um, and that sort of thing. And, and we make decisions on Academy guys at 18 as a wrist spinner, I think is, is 
is not right. Um, and there needs to be, I don't know, I don't have the answers, um, but there needs to be some sort of thought around how we can help keep young wrist spinners in the game so that when they get to the age of 21, you know, they're, they're in a much better place and, and probably ready to deliver quality performances. Yeah, nice. There is, in one sense, a, path, a clear pathway from even if you miss that cut at 18 to being professional. I often have a, when, when I'm, I bat number 11, so if I'm sitting there bored while we're batting, my favourite question is how many double hundreds in a row do you have to score before you're playing for England? <laughs> and the idea being, I play sort of like diff, diff five Surrey cricket. If I score a couple of double hundreds, there's probably going to be a, a Surrey Prem team that want me. And I score, if I score back to back double hundreds in the Surrey Prem, I'm probably getting a game of Surrey twos. I score a couple of double. Do you know what I mean? It works yeah, out yeah, yeah. about 15, I've, I've 16. I've heard that, that, that argument that I've heard that before when I was playing in Sydney. And it actually rings so true there. Like in Australia, they have. They literally just pick people if they if they perform and you're playing in the grade system there they always say like if you're in second grade or third grade how many hundreds are you away from actually getting a shield contract or or pushing a case for like an australian and it, it, it rings true in that regard but i haven't seen it too much in england yeah because I, I think it's like it's, the, it's theoretically possible right you know if i did that and then i was suddenly I'm a terrible batsman, so it's farcical. But if I scored back-to-back-to-back double hundreds in the Surrey Prem next year, there's no way a county's not going to contact me. You know, that, that will start... That, that, yeah. you know, would, that would eventually kind of make its way through, but it definitely doesn't feel like there's a, a clear pathway. If you were not doing something amazing, like scoring double hundreds, but if you're just taking three for 20 most weeks and bowling really well, you're just kind of going to get ignored. And they, they, you feel, therefore, you're missing out on a massive talent pool of, as you said, late developers and... Because the, the standard, you see it when top players go and play a couple of county games because they've been off injured or something. You know, Tom Curran will go wicketless. And you think, oh, you know, the Blake's batting top five and the Surrey Prem are obviously all right if they can see off Tom Curran without too much trouble. And so, that's, that's the really exciting thing about the 100 coming in and, and giving opportunities for players within the 50 over. But then also there's been other breakout people, not just me, like someone like Calvin Harrison is another one. He's a leg spinner, like an older age, who's come into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of these new formats and, and white ball cricket sort of soaring and the, the sort of value that Owen Morgan at the top of the pyramid has put on wrist spin in T20 cricket has, is filtering down across the country. So there are loads of, there are opportunities now that are, that are out there and genuine opportunities. Um, so I'm sure lots of young players are going to start getting them now. No, definitely. We've got a couple of quick fire questions about the 100. We'll save them for the end. That's all right, Jake. Um, but should we move on to talk about the World T20? Like we said, Owen Morgan backs wrist spin in T20. That's filtered down. Adi Rashid's been his main man for a few years. Arguably, England's squad is a little bit light on spin if you actually compare it to other teams coming around. Um, how, should, how should we get into this? I reckon we do it team by team, if, people, if, if that sounds good to people. Why don't we start at home, England? Jake? You've seen the England T20 squad. We've obviously been pretty good for a few years in white ball. Um, the boys who have been playing in the IPL the last few weeks haven't been doing great apart from Owen Ali. Uh, how do you think we're looking going into this tournament in UAE? It's always going to be tougher, isn't it, playing on the subcontinent? So I think our expectations need to be, um, you know, not too high. I think um, they're obviously going to be right up there and I expect them to sort of get in that top four and... Um, really push it but yeah it's going to come down to conditions it's going to come down to I think our batting is probably the best in the world in terms of how we play the game and how we take teams on and I don't think it matters which attack 
England come up come up against um, if they can, you know, they'll take any team on in the world. So it, they've got a massive chance. Um, like you said, they're, they are potentially light on spin. Um, but I think, again, like I touched on it earlier, they, they've obviously got a clear plan of how they want to play the game and how they're going to use players. And, and I think Owen Morgan sort of has earned the right to, to pick the team that, that he thinks is going to win the competition. He's obviously um, got a phenomenal record. So uh, I, think, I think, yeah, you could look at it in terms of a bit light on spin. But the reality is probably if there was another spinner in the squad, they're not going to play anyway. So, um, and if there is one, then a spinner will come into the squad, an injury, so a spinner will come in. So, um, yeah, I think they've got a great chance. Their batting will be key. Yeah, I, I think with um, Rashid Moeen, and we may even see a bit of spin from Livingston, you could very easily see us bowling half or overs with spinners anyway, who are very good spinners. You know, And so there's... Although I, I do, I would like us to play one more, because particularly if we just find that, let's say, Rashid's really out of form or struggling and not bowling well, who, who do we then turn to? There's that frustration for me, but definitely... Uh, I think we also, we tend to also forget that Seamers can play a massive role in the subcontinent with change-ups, and, and they've actually picked a couple of guys in that squad. Having played with Timor Mills in the in the uh, 100, he's, honestly, his change-ups are ridiculous. They're so good. Um, his Yorkers um, and that side of things. So I think they feel like they're pretty well geared up um, at the back end uh, with Jordan and, and Mills. And then, you know, they're going to back themselves with, they're going to back Rashid to bowl four overs and, and take wickets. So it's, yeah, it's exciting. They've picked a really, they've picked an exciting squad and I'm sure they'll do well. You're, you're making me confident, Jake. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit pessimistic because some of the lads haven't been looking great in the IPL and obviously been in the UAE. So it's at like the same place, some of the same venues. And so just being a little bit negative about the whole thing. But you've, you've got me buzzing. I do feel like that is going to be huge. Jordan and Mills, I think, um, playing with them this summer, you sort of felt like you could win from any position. Uh, you, if you remember, I don't know if you remember the London Spirit game where they needed 30 off 30 and, and, Mills, and Mills and Jordan literally just, it was, it was ridiculous. So I think, yeah, it's easy to highlight um, perhaps weaknesses within the squad but there's also a lot of strengths and yeah I'm sure they'll go a long way You've played with Time Out for the summer at the beginning of the summer Owen Morgan gave him a shout out said he can play his way into this team and like you were in the dressing room with him how focused was he because he must have seen this is my opportunity I can get into that T20 World Cup squad and I'm going to I'm going to get myself there and he did like how has that been well, about The really interesting thing for me is and T won't mind me saying this um, he actually, I remember this so vividly at the start of the tournament, he was practicing and he, and uh, after practice, I was chatting to him, like asking how he's going and stuff. And um, he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to get in the World Cup squad. And I was like, okay. Like he, he genuinely, he was like, I'm going to do it. Like he, his focus was solely on that. And he, he's a very confident guy in a good way. Like he backs his ability, backs his skills. He knows he's got a phenomenal talent. Um and he won't mind me saying this. As soon as that tournament, just before that tournament started, he only had one thing in his mind, and that was getting on that plane um, to the World Cup. And he, he, you know, he blew it away, didn't he? And fair play to him. I, I think that's a good example to a lot of people. Is you know, you never set the bar, to, bar too high. And he, he was probably way out of the picture at that time. To be honest, he was. You know, there's been a few injuries as well, which has helped him. But you know, he's he's done really well, and yeah, pleased for him to be there. And he'll be a big part for us, I think. And you're seeing, you know, your teammates, your teammates, Chris and, and Tamar there, and you've had 
an unbelievable summer. You've been the top leading, you've been the leading wicket taker for the Southern Brave. So a little bit of you that's thinking, spin friendly conditions, I could do a job out there. Let's complete it. Let's get a few more of the boys in that team. I mean, of course, I'd absolutely love to be there, but I think in reality, um, probably a bit way off that yet. I've obviously not played huge amounts of cricket and I haven't actually represented England at, at any level. So um, I feel like um, it would have been a real risk for the for them to do that going into a World Cup. And um, there's obviously a lot of fantastic wrist spinners up and down the country now. Um, as a result of Morgan, really, in my opinion, I think his his value on, on wrist spin and how he turns to Rashid has really helped us um, get more opportunities. Yeah, quickly on Owen Morgan. He's obviously older now than he's ever been before. And there is a sense that he's probably not quite as destructive a batsman as he, as he has been in years gone by. Although you've got, you got no doubt that, you know, he can still pull it out of the bag because of, of course he can. But do you think, I mean, obviously the, the value he adds being such a fantastic tactical captain, you see him taking KKR to another IPL final, they, the final itself didn't quite get a plan. Where do you stand on, obviously you've already kind of expressed some fairly positive thoughts on his, how he's in, kind of pushed leg spin and, and wrist spin in limited overs cricket. But where do you think he's at now? Do you reckon this is his last final last stand with England or do you reckon he can keep being captain for a little while on bearing in mind how many good young batsmen are coming through and the fact that he's he's almost past it I'm not saying he is but he almost is batting wise no I think he um he'll know in his head in his mind where he's at I think um that his if if we win this world cup I'm I'm pretty confident that he will he would probably you know go out as the most successful one day captain ever really um and well he already is so in terms of He's going to go out in a even a phenomenal position, um, but you know he. The thing I, that we also another thing to remember about Morgan is he's play, there's a lot of pressure on him when he goes into these franchise tournaments to to sort of win games of cricket and and um, be that guy who really takes the game to teams. But actually, his role in, in the England side could be very different. Our batting lineup is extremely strong, um, and he it might be a case with him: can he get twenty off ten? Can he get you know these little contributions? And then when you add the value that he brings with the captaincy and the calmness he brings to everyone, um, suddenly, you know, that value of 20 off 10 is is way more than that. So um, I don't think we should try and put too much on him because there's some phenomenal players around him and he brings a lot in the field. And he also, you know, he, he has that ability. I think when crunch time comes, you know, you, you're gonna, you can depend on him to sort of take you home. And do you think there's something to be said? You kind of touched upon it there, but it's T20. It's a shorter format anyway. We've got a really strong rest of the batting lineup. His own personal contributions aren't quite as important as it might be in another format. Um, because in theory, one of those other six or two of those other top six, like top seven, should fire. Yeah, and I think he'll he'll probably have this battle going on inside him at the moment. Like I feel like I'm not performing and all of that, but I think if he can park that and and just understand that he brings so much to the team and um, if he can just, you know, play really positively. And even if it, like I said, if it's 10 or four, 10 or, you know, they, these contributions we've seen mm. actually can swing a game, like a six here, six there, they can change things. So yeah, I think he'll, um, he'll play, he'll play a huge part, I'm sure. So just uh, to sort of round up our sort of little talk about England and their chances, who you reckon, Jay, is going to be your, your star of the England team? Let's talk about batting and bowling, one, one from each, so... Oh, well, I've got. I would go. Like I said, I think um, probably two bowlers for me. I think Tamal and uh, Rashid. I think are going to be very key. And then really excited to see 
um, Livingston in that England environment. I think, again, like I said, it's a bit similar to Morgan. He's going to come into that England environment and he is owning that that spot and he's going to be in a good place, I'd imagine. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him take it on. But you've obviously got those guys who've been there a fair while in Butler, Bersto, Roy. But personally, I think Butler in the U- in the UAE uh, in Iran is going to be, you know, in the T20 is going to be exciting. He's a great player of spin. Um, and he's going to come in that middle. Uh, or no, he's going to be at the top, isn't he, probably? Yeah. But he's going to, a lot of teams will open with spin, which is fine for him. And I feel like any sort of pace he gets, he'll be fine. So, yeah, Butler for me will be the standout batter. Um, in those conditions, I think he's best adept. On, on Livingston, just quickly, like, I've never seen someone, at least in my conscious memory, hitting the ball so cleanly as he was in the summer. Like, honestly, the amount of sixes, the ball was just peeing off his bat. And going back to that final, I'm guessing you boys couldn't relax. I mean, you don't relax until the end. But while Livingston was out there, I'm guessing you thought, oh, like, you know. I, I genuine, if he hadn't got out like he did, I, I, I didn't really see him, see him not getting it. He, he's a phenomenal player. Um, why he's such a good player for England is they're breeding this mentality of like almost like careless cricket in that they want people to go out and if they want to hit the first ball for six, they do it and they commit to it and that's exciting. So, and he's someone who really doesn't care, you know, if it's there, he's going to hit it out the park and and that's exciting obviously to watch and obviously for players around him as well. It is our batting, our limited overs batting. It's like Spanish football circa 2010 with midfielders. And then you've got like Xavi Alonso, Fabregas, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets. And it's like the same all over again, isn't it? I don't know who I'd pair up with who, but it's, um, it is, you kind of look at, I remember looking at that Spain squad for the 2010 World Cup and you said like, Fabregas can't start. You know, in what world? And it's similar with T20 when stuff like, you know, Milan, who's scoring T20 international 50s for fun. I like, wouldn't pick him. Starts too slowly. That is crazy because he's walking into most teams. There's other and there's there's other players outside oh. of the squad, like a long way down. Someone, someone like Joe Clark. I think he's a phenomenal player. So, uh, so, he, so he's your Mikel Arteta circa 2010. Yeah, Can't even get yeah, in the Spain squad, but quality think, player. For me, he's someone who would play international cricket for most countries. So um, there's a lot of lot of lads out there with the bat who who are super talented and. I do. I genuinely believe like that sort of stuff is all filtered down for the way we're trying to play cricket as a country, and that's filtering into counties, that's filtering into franchises now, and everyone's going out with that mentality of like, yeah, we're going to take the game on and positive, and you know, if we get out playing a positive shot, no one really cares, and that's um, you know, that's a dangerous mentality, um, and it's obviously paid off to now. It's obviously going to be a bit tricky here being in the UAE, but there is just something about. The shackles are off. White ball cricket. I'm excited to watch England in white ball cricket. In the tests in the last couple of years, sometimes it's a bit tough. At the end of a test series, I'm really feeling that cricket fatigue that Rob's talking about because it's, it's tough at the moment when we're struggling. But white ball, we are just a beast. And it's just so fun. And I'm so excited for this World Cup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I suppose then moving on to other teams, team fresh in my mind is who I think may win it is probably India. We've got a lot of great players. They've got some amazing players. Jake, to yourself, how do you see them going? For me, they're, they're my favourites, probably. They have to be favourites for me as well. I think, um, yeah, they're in sort of their conditions um, and, they're, you know, they're star-studded and they've got a phenomenal side um, playing in slightly, say, if the World Cup was, you know, in Australia or, or 
or South Africa, then yeah, perhaps you wouldn't say they're they're as big a favourites. But for me, they're pretty big favourites. And but again, that brings a lot of pressure. Um, they're going to be expected to win, uh, to be honest. Um, and yeah, looking forward to seeing Rashad Pant play. Um, really, again, we're talking about guys who take the game on. He is someone who, you know, proper takes it on um, and exciting to watch. And then with the ball, obviously, um, they've got loads of variety in their attack and their whole attack's pretty exciting. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how they go, but hopefully they don't go too well. Yeah. I mean, it does feel a little bit, doesn't it? Like, obviously, they need to get the IPL back on, but having the IPL resume in the UAE right before the World T20. I mean, that is the ultimate practice, isn't it? Convenient, yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, that's the cynic in me. Um, no, it's, um, yeah, they're obviously primed. They've all played a lot of white ball cricket recently and some teams will be coming into that with very, very little cricket. Um, you know, I think we'll probably talk about Australia in a minute, but they've not played a huge amount of cricket at all um, in the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, but yeah, I think that yeah, they're big favourites. With, with India, quickly, I, I so much on Virat because he's he's had he's gone quiet in some big big games, some big moments. So the last World Cup, I like I capitulated against New Zealand was far from ideal. I think he'll be very hungry to be sort of performing in the biggest games rather than just turning up against Sri Lanka in a bilateral series. I, I think he'll be feeling that pressure. So I'm excited to see how he uh, how he goes and. In, you know, because this is a big moment for him. He obviously was in that 2011 58 World Cup winning team, but as like the young kid, this is now very much his team, and he feel like a key moment for him. Yeah, so. There's quite a lot going on behind the scenes actually um, with India right now, so they're probably not as settled as we might think. Um, I know Kohli, Kohli's had a couple of captaincy things that he's you know had to juggle recently, um, and then also coach changing and stuff like that. So it'd be um, yeah, they're obviously not as as they're probably not in as good a position in terms of like set up as England are, but in terms of the players and, and the conditions, they're going to be right up there. Should we go on to Australia? Because you mentioned them, Jake, and I don't know if you listen to the great cricketer. I absolutely love it. And they are not, the, the boys who run that are not confident about Australia's chances. Like, I don't know, I'm looking at the Australia squad right now and you don't want to rule them out because it'd be especially annoying if they come back and win if you ruled them out. But they're out of practice. They haven't played for a while. And I think their team is lacking that, power that we have in the top six what do you think of them yeah no I, I think they they've lacked that for a couple of years haven't they they're just that that um consistency of scoring big runs and um really sort of being able to take teams down but that being said like you said there they, they have got a very good bowling attack um they've got good options with that we've seen Hazelwood go really well as well just recently so um no I think they're in a they're in a great great position in terms of their the cricketers they've got but yeah potentially lack that power but and and lack that practice um and that game you know game awareness which goes a long way in these comps but who would ever rule australia out <laughs> yeah they they love a i mean they, they love an icc tournament they so often go go well and win they've got an, a, another important player for them of course is zampa another wrist spinner for you he's done very well in in this kind of limited overs um arena um, but yeah, for, I think this feels like you're looking at who, who are the batsmen are going to go big for them. Steve Smith, unproven in really in 2020, he's obviously an incredible Test match player. Aaron Fink, who we're saying Morgan might be past it, he definitely feels like he's past it. And Glenn Maxwell, who's a comes off every one in five, and and again is someone who he feels probably better days about five six years ago. Um, so yeah, for me, they look they look well liked in that in that top order, certainly compared to India and us as, as primary teams. 
Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's right. But again, Maxwell's had a really good IPL, hasn't he, recently? So um, he'll be coming in with a lot of confidence. Um, and yeah, I, I think they're, they're just one of those teams, aren't they? You, you know, if you're playing them in a knockout game, you know, they're, they're going to be right in your face and up for it and, and they can beat anyone on a day. So um, this is obviously what World Cups are about. If we're talking about behind the scenes stuff as well, you mentioned, Jake, that India a bit unsettled, like Australia, the stuff to do with Langer, the players, the multiple meetings, like it's not a happy camp. In fact, it's the only hope I'm clinging on to for the Ashes. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they go in this T20. And if they don't do well, what the fallout of it might be. I mean, yeah. how badly they do, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to, the World Cup might, ha- might have quite a big sway on how the Ashes go, really. In terms, it sounds bizarre, but in terms of what the, what that team looks like and the you know the coaching situation and what happens there but um yeah and and don't be surprised as well if a certain someone comes back for England for the Ashes as well so I think um it's going to be yeah it's going to be a good tournament and yeah Oz will be Oz will be a chance I'm sure definitely I suppose have... next end defending champions West Indies I mean we really should be the defending champions and um, that certain someone I love him dearly he's won us a World Cup and that Headingley Ashes means I have forgiven him, but I don't think I'm ever going to forget what happened in that final. Um, that was pretty painful. But West Indies obviously coming in, they've got a great record in the tournament, won, won a couple of them um, of in the not too distant past. And of course, so many of their players play on this franchise circuit relentlessly. So they feel really well seasoned and well drilled in the, in the big crunch, one-off major 2020 games. And in a format which is so... You know, it, it's kind of so in the balance. It also, almost, of course, it's far from a toss of the coin because there's so much skill involved. But you feel like the upsets are there to have, hence Scotland beating Bangladesh yesterday, in a way that in a test match, longer form, some of that variability is taken out of it. And yeah, the West Indies have just got a whole squad of players who've been there time and time again in those, in those big IPL finals, CPL, PSL, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, they they probably, well... I don't want to say they're my second favourite, but they're sort of them and them and England are pretty level, really. I think they, um, I spoke about touched on earlier a few times about the style of cricket. Mm. They are the definition of fearless, um, and they, you know, they they have an amazing amount of fun, which I think we forget um, as players sometimes. And on the outside, you don't realise how important it is to have fun, and, and those guys. Within a, they're going to be a tight knit group. They're going to be bouncing off each other throughout the whole tournament, having a good time. And um, yeah, I think they're really dangerous. Evan Lewis at the top, I think, is a, a really exciting player. Um, he he's gone really well in the CPL, and and he absolutely whacks it at the top of the order. Um, and then they've got you know they've got countless stars all the way through. Um, and like you said, guys who've won a lot of trophies. Pollard, Bravo. Russell, yeah. those guys, you know, bat a bit, they bowl a bit. They've you know, kind of seen it all. Good fielders, you know, they're really just top, top limited overs cricketers. Those three, yeah, they're they're the you know the pinnacle of of what you see. I think when you look at a T Twenty cricketer, you want ideally you want someone who can hit it out the park. You want someone who can bowl, um, you know, canny overs or fast. Um, and then you want you want good fielders, and those three guys tick all those boxes. Um, and you know they're the most sought after cricketers in the world really when it comes to T20 cricket so um, yeah I think they'll be a real tough tough test and they're used to playing in these conditions I found the Caribbean very similar conditions to be honest 
um, in terms of um, the pitches have changed quite a bit there. They do spin and, and they do, um, it is hot. So I feel like they'll be pretty accustomed to the conditions and um, yeah, they're, they're going to be right up there again. Unbelievable squad depth as well. Like you look at the players they've left out, like Susan and Ryan can't get in the team, which is mad seeing the IPL he's having had. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the wrong. I mean, surely he should be in that squad. You know, I think I think that that yeah. seems to be a, a missed opportunity for them. Don't quote me on that, but I, I don't know what's going on there. I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't, I'm not sure whether it's cricket or. I think he's obviously yeah he's phenomenal, and there's a lot of um yeah a lot of people would pick him in their squad, but you know that's the way they've gone and. I still think there'll be a massive play. But I, I think to Michael's point, you think like so Jason Holder, Sheldon Cottrell, Darren Brave, like they're, they're top, they're top international players who are on in that squad. So a bit like us, you feel like they do have a, a real wealth of white, white ball talent to pick from. And it's, it's funny you hear this narrative of the like the, the death of West Indies cricket, or oh, it's nothing. It's like they're nowhere near as good as they were in the glory days of seventies, eighties, early nineties. Um, and of course, that is true for Test cricket, and that's primarily money-wise, but in, lim- in limited overs cricket, T20 cricket, they are, you know, they are one of the, ha- the absolute happening teams and one of the real major, major players we're talking about. Yeah, and I think um, the reason that T20 cricket is so good is that they get these amazing opportunities to go and play around the world um, and play in all these tournaments. And in reality, when it comes to test cricket, when I went, when I went to the Caribbean, I only got a brief taste of it, but facilities are way behind. Mm. Um, grounds are way behind um, changing rooms like every, everything there is just there's not a huge amount there for them in terms of getting better in the facilities and, and the opportunities they get within West Indies so that's had a big impact I think on their test cricket every other country's invested massively in facilities and massively in stadiums um, and infrastructure and they probably haven't had that money to do that and the game sort of more money's come in elsewhere and, it ha- and they're not going to naturally have as much money there so that's probably the impact that it's had on test cricket, but the T20 stuff, they just go wherever, wherever they can around the world. They get to train all the time, play all the time. And that's why these guys get so good at T20 cricket. Yeah. Also just a little shout out, but Ravi Rampal has made the, has made the world cup squad, which, you know, for me is just seeds. <laughs> 30, 37 years old. Love that. Great CPL. Um, I think also, I think we're pretty much, we're, we're pretty much there, I'd say, but it would be the classic thing to avoid talking about New Zealand. Um, when actually they're gone and you should talk about them because even more than Australia, you can't rule them out because they're actually quite good, unlike Australia. But um, you played with a couple of the Kiwis, Jake at Southern, Colin and uh, Devon. Like, how do you think they're going to get on? I think they're quite similar from a brand of cricket, uh, sorry, a leadership perspective with with Williamson and how they play their cricket. They're quite, um, the, the culture around New Zealand cricket is very... Um, you know they play the right play in the right way. They play play well spirited, and they're they're real like tough tough te- tough team to beat. And they they don't mind punching above their weight. And yeah, like you said, you'd be really wrong to rule them out. Similarly to Pakistan, you know when they get in these competitions, they suddenly, um, you know they can turn it on and they can beat anyone. They've got some unbelievable talent within within both of those squads. Um, they're great people, the Kiwis. Um, f- fantastic people. Which is the big thing, and that they pride themselves on that, and and I think yeah, they're 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 a good outfit again, aren't they? They've got a lot of players all the way through, and they have left out players who are good players as well. I, I know having just come from yeah CPO as well, there's a few who've missed out. So um, yeah, it's their exciting side again, and you'd be wrong to rule them out, like you said. 
I think for me, one other team we haven't spoken about that's worth mentioning is, is Pakistan, who are classics of enigma of a side. They won that Champions Trophy a few years back when no one's really expecting it. They were 14 to 1. I actually had a mate who put two grand on them at 14 to 1. So he was delighted when that came through. Um, but a, f- a few things just are worth mentioning from them. Firstly, and I think most importantly is, and I hope they both play, Mohamed Afiz and Shoaib Malik at a combined age of 80. I'd uh, love to see them both bowling a bit of spin and, and, and batting a... Um, for them, but also some of some of their their young guns, bowlers, guys like Shaheen, and then of course uh, Rizwan as keeper batsman. It looks absolutely million dollars at the moment. I, they, for me, they're, they're like always like the classic like dark horse tip. It's like France in rugby, or don't rule out the French. It's, it's like the same don't rule yeah. out Pakistan. But I do think in the UAE, obviously play a lot of cricket in the UAE. Not that they want to, but they have to because of security concerns at home. And for me, they're they're really. I, you know, I would not be surprised if they won it. I mean, they may well crash and burn because that's what they're like, but I, re- I wouldn't be surprised if they, they came steaming through and just had one of those great tournaments and a couple of players hit form at just the right, just the right time. Yeah, I think it, I think it will be tough for them. Like, I, I do think that the, the, their depth probably isn't there in yeah, yeah. of other teams. But yeah, like you said, they, um, they can beat anyone. Shaheen with the ball and, like you said, Rizwan with the bat. The ultimately, like these, these tournaments would be about people who can turn it on when it really matters because generally people four teams will get to the semis and, and then it's a bit of a lottery from those four teams it'll be just two performances you're only sort of two games away um so yeah no they're, they're exciting for sure absolutely so um so gun to head jake who do you think is gonna win it uh yeah i'm sticking with india um and then i think it'll be the west indies and england battling it out with them um and then yeah i'm, I'm not sure about the rest just hearing about your uh Mate, you just put that bet on well, and won. I now want to go put a bet on Pakistan to win. I don't know. I've just been convinced by the little two-minute chat we've had about how good Pakistan are. Yeah, as Jake rightly said, they're massively lacking, lacking in depth. You will need two. Like Shaheen needs to be taking poles, and like Baba Fakhar and Rizwan need to be scoring runs every game because there is that you do feel they're reliant on three or four players in the way that the other teams have like six, seven, eight. You know, and with the whole eleven, there's someone who can step up and win in the game. Um. If Wahab Riaz in the squad, they'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> surely, he's surely not. No, he's not. I just checked. So I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, no, um, way um, no, I think I think I'm gonna. Oh, so I always do. I always go with England. Yeah, come on, bring it home, get it done. I deal with Sheed's the best bowler in the world, apart from Jake. So you know, it's got, <laughs> it's got to be England. No, he's got me covered for sure. I'm a big Adil Rashid fan, Jake. Like just yeah, endless. Man endlessly praising him lifting him up and it drives Rob mad I think the most annoying thing yeah he, he was an Adam Rashid fan before he got really good you know when there's that period he'd been around for a while and he was like a bit of a he was kind of everyone thought he might be good but he kept letting you down and Michael back then was saying mate this guy's the one and he's gone on to be that which is which I'm obviously delighted for from an England point of view and from Adam Rashid's point of view but it's gutting that Michael called that as early as he did it does, it does just show doesn't it Mike when you get lots of opportunities and and you're backed by someone, you're going to get better and you're going to adapt and you're going to learn. And, and he's definitely someone who, when he first came into the England team as a, as a younger guy, he was, you know, he was that risk you took. You thought, well, threw the ball to him, it could go either way. Now you throw the ball to him and you just know that yeah. um, he's, he's not going to get... And if he does get hit, you know he's going to pick up Forfa. Um, he's sort of one or the other. He either goes like none for 15 or he's four for 35. You know, he's... he's um, 
he's done phenomenally well. And yeah, like you said, I think he'll be key to England. Yeah. Look, if someone does get after him successfully, that's so much kudos to them. You know, he's not going to be throwing down a bunch of half-trackers that are going. It'll be proper, proper batting from a top player at the peak of their game. That's the only way you'll see him have a, have a, have a bad game. Watching, watching, watching his Googlies is, is, is beautiful. Um, and it also shows, Rob, this spin is union. We stick together. We know when we see it. So, you know. Um, I've just got a couple of quick-fire questions for you, Jake. Oh, actually, Rob, sorry. Who, who do you think is going to win? I'd say weird one. Head, head says oh. India, heart says England, gut says West Indies. And so I feel like picking New Zealand instead just to mix it up. But um, I, <laughs> I, I, I wonder if I think I'll be pragmatic and like intellectualise it. And I think India will win it. Yeah, some will shake on that, I think. Hopefully not. That won't be the case. But I, that is, for me, the most likely outcome going into the tournament. That is. So I've just got we've got a couple of quick fire questions for you, Jake, just to finish off some fun ones related to your your hundred teammates. Do you agree with me? Paul Sterling is the greatest batsman in limited overs cricket in the world. I love Sterling. What a man. So I've never I've never had the privilege of playing with him before. Uh, I'd heard a lot about him. Um and I've played against him a lot and dreaded bowling at him a lot. Um and for me, actually, in reflection on the hundred, like I looked at our sort of tournament and although we, when we lost Dev Conway, who's obviously a phenomenal player to injury, um, I felt like Sterling really added a huge like amount of impetus. He might have only got, like I said earlier, it can be contributions like 20 off 10. I think he got a couple of those at the start and it just got us going. And then Vincey was free and he could play how he wanted to play. So I really do believe he played a huge part in in our in our obviously in the final, he, he won us the game in the bat. But before that, leading into that, I felt like he played a massive role. Um, and he's just one of those guys, you know, he takes the game away from you. Nothing phases him. He's a lovely guy. Um, he, he bowls some handy spin. Um, and yeah, he's, he's good to be around. So yeah, top man. He's, um, he's, he's currently playing for his average. He's on 26 off 33. Because no, um, no. they're only chasing 106. So he's just kind of like knocking it about. They're going to win easily. Um, oh, no, that's, he's doing his job then that's happy, yeah well, he's doing his job but yeah definitely playing for the average rather than yeah, I mentioned he's the leader of that batting lineup now so I think Jake agreed with me there Paul Sterling best batsman in the world as he currently I'm excited to see him against a, a proper attack because in my opinion he should be I think he should be playing in, in IPL and, and that sort of thing I think he's that good um, and yeah he'll, he'll go really well for Ireland I'm sure and um, Rob do you want to ask our final one yeah last one I it briefly happened during the lockdown by accident. I started to develop a little bit of a mullet, but seeing Colin de Gronholm's mullet, I mean, it's, it really is a thing of beauty. Um, does he, is he, I mean, have you seen him there hairspray into it beforehand or does he just let it flow? Because it, it's a sight to behold. And I'm sure you, you can only be in order. Yeah. I mean, I'm, um, I wouldn't say I'm jealous actually. I'm quite happy. I quite like not having hair anymore because it was always like a bit of a pain because I didn't really have much. So it just sort of annoyed me, whereas now it doesn't annoy me. So it's quite nice. Um, but yeah, Cole, uh, another what a guy, what a guy um, you know, f- fantastic people within that dressing room here, top guy. Um, and he didn't really care too much about his mullet. He just didn't want it. He, he's too late. He's so laid back. He'll fall over. Like he, um, he wasn't worried about it. Didn't really do anything to it. He just, just carried on as Cole and he shaved it off now, I think. Um, yeah, well, I'm not surprised with the, with the heat in the UAE, whatever, you know, was used to start to, in a kind of a nice cold English summer, it's probably quite nice to have a little bit of a neck warmer going, but when you start playing in warmer climes, they get pretty sweaty, particularly under the lid. 
Yeah, for sure. No, he um yeah, I kept saying to him throughout the whole tournament, when you get fifty, you've got to shave it off. When you do this, when you do that, and he, he was having one of it, but he's obviously found uh, the heat too much and chopped it off. Yeah, I, I was half expecting him to appear as the next model on Tresemme adverts. You know, <laughs> professional, affordable, and he's there kind of <laughs> swinging it around. Uh, great. Um, look, I've, I've, I've got to get cracking with, with some work now. Um, Jake, thank you so much for giving up uh, sort of 45, 50 minutes of your, of your lunchtime to, to join us. And best of luck, really, with the future. Hope to hope the next summer's even more of a breakthrough for you than this year and you go on to more and more success. Next year's World T20. Hopefully we'll be watching you there, Jake. You know, just push on. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll give it a good nudge.